brought to you with the natural goodness of Viridian Nutrition, available at Browns. Today's guest is probably one of the most unassuming people I think I've ever met. Rob Chapman and I have met on many occasions here at Luke Greck's Corner House Studios. We've shared a little banter and the odd guitar talk, but Rob is a bit of a god in the music industry. With 738,000 YouTube subscribers, 123,000 followers on Facebook, 164,000 followers on Instagram, a Wikipedia page, two bands to his name, and as the frontman of Dory. Dorje. But oh, because I, I was I doing also the Maltese get, pronunciation. No, I also get Dorje. Once someone called it De Jore. <laughs> can we just call it. So you can call it anything you okay. want. Okay. Clockwork Wolf and Co. and the founder owner of Chapman Guitars, I don't think there's anyone who's in the music industry who has not heard of Rob Chapman. Rob, thank you for being here on <laughs> Truly, The Interviewer. that was such an amazing intro. You, thank you very you much. You have the complete gift of the gap. It's a British thing, I can tell. We spoke yesterday to confirm you coming on the show. Only yesterday. Yeah. Because I've been contacting you through Facebook. I am one of your... 1,123,000 followers on Facebook. And I've been contacting you, but I decided to call you. Yeah. And you just landed from LA, and I was in Istanbul yeah. on a 12-hour journey. So I think it's fair to show that it's fair to say that if we make it through the show, it's an absolute bloody miracle. Well, you know what? Man's international, isn't it? We're, we're like jet set, you know, super, super mega stardom type people. quite knackered. Yeah. Luckily, <laughs> made it home in one piece, both of us, because of all the flight cancellations and things i do have to just say that you are actually a year younger than me so you should I look about certainly 10 years you should, should have more stamina <laughs> and today is your birthday happy birthday 14th Wait, of june it is today it's not is it today the 14th oh, sorry, of june isn't when today when this goes out oh when it goes out it's the fourth right <laughs> <clears throat> wait that had i'm jet lagged and that was the most confusing thing that's happened today <laughs> Yes. Happy birthday. Thank you very, very much. And well researched and discovered that I am indeed to be 47 when this releases itself. Before we get into what you do, yeah. according to Wikipedia, you have been into music. This is uh... going to be so interesting. <laughs> you have a Wikipedia well, page. I, I haven't looked at it. <laughs> How do you have a Wikipedia? Surely you made the Wikipedia page. No. I didn't. Who made your Wikipedia page? I have absolutely no idea. That's so bizarre. I mean, it... it it could have been an ex-manager, but I, I, I have, <laughs> I know one exists, but I've never taken a look. Wow. I'm going to go in and see if I can edit it. <laughs> well, you probably, you probably can. I mean, after I this. loads you, of stuff. <laughs> and Rob's like this. And yeah. And he makes great pancakes. Pa apparently I dye my hair or something, which is hilarious. Yeah, nice. yeah definitely awesome. don't. Because look at my beard. I mean, it's three different colours. I mean, why would I do that? So what does it say on the Wikipedia so page? So it says you began playing guitar at the age of 16. That's right, I did. You graduated from the Institute of Contemporary Music Performance in 1995. Oh, it was the Guitar Institute, which became... <gasps> well, but then it changed brand, and it became um, 
the Institute of Contemporary Music. So it is, but it was the Guitar Institute when I went there. Okay, because it actually has a link, so I guess that's why they had to change the yeah, name. Yeah, probably that's what it was. <laughs> Thank you, Wikipedia. So my first question is, is this true? Uh, these two things, yes, they are. They are yes. true about you. Have you ever done anything else? Have you ever been, let's say, for instance, an accountant or something? I have. <gasps> oh, my gosh, yeah. seriously? Yes, I... I, I <laughs> I have been all things to all men and women. I, I um, but I you're never, a grungy guitarist. I know. It's, and you've been an accountant. Trudy, it's a tragedy. <laughs> I, I, not only have I, have I worked in accounts, um, I'm not a qualified accountant, but I worked in accounts for a frozen food company in Wiltshire called Appetito, and um, I had a bo- climb it up, why don't you? But listen, you? this this was a pivotal <laughs> part of my career because <laughs> I can't tell this story. <laughs> I have to tell it though. My boss really 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 liked me in a very sexual way and would not leave me alone and um it was it was a difficult situation for me and one day I was really down about it and I started crunching numbers and thought if I teach guitar for like 10 pound an hour um and I'd done some sessions and things at that point so I could your face is amazing (laughs) I, I could definitely charge it I could replace my salary at Appetito with with just like two guitar lessons Monday to Friday, and so I thought to help two it. guitar lessons a week you could replace your salary. Yeah, it was an awful salary. Yeah, I was going to say two, two. Do you mean two guitar? Oh, lessons I was a day? gigging. No, I was gigging as well. So I was making oh, a little bit of money okay, from gigging. All right, okay. <clears throat> I was getting a little bit of money from sessions from gigging when all that kind of stuff existed. Because it know. did sound like that was a really crap job. It was an awful job. Marketing for a frozen food company, uh, accounting for a frozen food company. It wasn't fun. <clears throat> Wait, I need espresso, hold on. <clears throat> That's much better, sorry. Um, Never seen that before. Yeah. So I started teaching, made enough money, quit my job, and never looked back. I was a guitar teacher in Trowbridge for about, I'm going to say five years full time, and they got bands. Another band, bands worked out. I ended up doing bands, you know. Well, yeah, but let's go on because Wikipedia doesn't stop there. Okay, can't believe you're an accountant. I'm uh, not an accountant. I'm never try. I'm never qualified. <clears throat> I made spectacles. I ran a, an optical laboratory in Putney for a few years. Many things. <laughs> well, that's kind of a little bit cooler than being an accountant. I'm just going to say, a, I'm stuck with you being an accountant. I was a team manager at Virgin Mobile. Well, I worked for Richard Branson. Rob, Rob, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> you work, that's your claim. I worked for Richard Branson because I was a team manager at Virgin no, Mobile. No, I, I was a team manager, but I also ended up working for Richard Branson for, for a, a number of, some time. A lot, a lot from As him. his accountant? No, not as his accountant, no. <clears throat> I start, I'm an ideas person. I come up with 100 ideas, three of them are good, the rest are completely rubbish. And through, because Virgin Mobile was, was in its infancy launching, and I was in right at the beginning, managing teams of people on the phone as a team manager. And um, Richard was there a lot. So, oh, Richard. Yeah, Richard, you know, Rich, Ricky. Yo, uh, He's super, dick. super lovely. <laughs> right. <laughs> super, super lovely. And I, and I learned a lot from him and then applied it to everything I was trying to do. So that's, that's part of my, my lucky sort of roll of the dice is that I learned a lot about marketing, neurolinguistic programming, advertising, and then applied it all to being a guitarist and a, and a, and a musician rather than just, oh, I want to be in a band because it's cool. I figured why not treat it like it's a real career and apply 
modern day marketing techniques. Well, see, now I'm going to come to the, the next thing that Wikipedia says in just a second, but did you have a beard before you met Richard Branson? Or was that an, another influence of Richard Branson? No, no, the, the, the beard, you know what happens? Whenever I take it off, it just comes back. So I was like, probably, uh, probably the creator was deciding that was what's meant to happen, you know. Shaving thing involved. Yeah. I anyway, look. I'd have to shave twice a day, Trudy. Honestly, it's a nightmare. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. No, keep the beard. Wikipedia goes on to say Chapman is best known for his YouTube channel and video demonstrations on behalf of Anderton's music company, yeah. alongside Anderton's owner Lee, the captain. Yeah. Anderton. He's also worked on demonstrations with Thoman, is that right? Am I pronouncing Thoman. that right? Okay, excellent. Uh, a German-based online music retailer. So uh, how did that interject into the story that you're telling me? And how did you get three quarters of a million YouTube subscribers? I'll be taking notes. <laughs> um, basically, I was teaching guitar needed a way of spreading the message, thinking about Richard Branson and marketing, I'm going to use MySpace to market myself as a guitar teacher. So I made a page back when MySpace was really super cool. And um, I made posters. Most people don't remember MySpace. No, I know, I know, but you should do. <laughs> it's like AOL. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hotmail. Uh, I, made, I made physical posters. I did MySpace. I put the posters up. Every week I would change them because people don't see the first one. They see the change, not the initial impact. And then uh, one of my, someone started following me because I'd be like, hi, I'm Rob Chapman and welcome to my MySpace page. Today I'm going to show you a major scan. Da, 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 da. It was really kind of pedestrian. And someone said, hey, you should check out this cool new place called YouTube. It's really, it's like, you know, it's just this new place to put videos. And I thought, all right, I'll put a video there. So I made some videos and I got kind of addicted to making content. And I just couldn't stop. I was making one every day in my bedroom upstairs, shoot video, edit the video, upload the video. Um, I was getting work doing it. I was just... What, what, what era are we talking about here? What... So this would have been 15 years ago. So you were an influencer before influencers even existed? Uh I don't want to bring on that mantle of any kind of title that you just threw, but I, I was definitely one of the first people to be involved in in using YouTube as a, as, a, as a platform to sell guitar lessons. And then eventually, without really realising it, because I was just obsessed with guitars and guitar gear, I was showing off the gear, and people were like using YouTube to shop for things. And I made one video about an amplifier called the Tiny Terror, and it, which by Orange Amplifiers, and it blew up. And I got a phone call from Orange and they said, hey, we just saw this video that you made and it's got like 15,000 views or something and that doesn't happen. And I'm like, I know, I, I can't believe it. Do you want to work for us as a demonstrator and go around the planet and play guitar for Orange? And I was like, yes, I do. And then I got a phone call from Lee Anderton saying, hey, I just saw your videos. Do, do you want to make videos for Andertons? And I, I was like, what's Andertons? Because I had no idea. And it turned out Anderton's was one of the biggest guitar stores in the UK. But they didn't have any online presence. Well, they had, but it was really in its infancy. So I went down to meet Lee, and I said, um, I've got all these ideas, these marketing concepts, these things that I think I'm quite good at, some things that I'm definitely bad at. And if we team up and shoot videos together, 
I think it could be really successful, provided I can call you the captain and we can pretend that we're in a ship. And he was like, all right. <laughs> That's literally how it happened. So we started shooting videos and they all went onto my YouTube channel. That was the stipulation I had, which was the, that was the coup de grace because it meant that I was generating content for my channel you know, three videos a month, every month, and then the tuition videos, the orange videos, it all built up. There was something, two or three things every week going up, and it just snowballed to the point where I, I was kind of ubiquitous. I was everywhere, even annoying myself. I'd look for something, and it would be me rather than somebody else. And it just, it snowballed. It did. Uh, but the interesting thing now is that I can literally look back in time and see myself 15 years ago you know as, as a guitar teacher in Wiltshire married to a different person living in a different house in a different country um, with, with, with such a lack of experience um, no idea what I'm going to do and it's just like seeing a different person you know so I still make the same kind of content I've grown up a little bit <laughs> you know I'm not in my early 30s anymore so I do a little bit less sort of silly, jokey, crazy stuff because... Well, are you sure? Well, only a little bit. I mean, I'm still an idiot, so, Because you know. <laughs> your content is extremely entertaining as Thank well. You. It makes it very, very easy to watch. And even when I was watching the videos today, even when you're doing a, 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 a video about a new guitar that you bought, yeah. we're going to come to your guitars in a second, but you bought a new guitar and you've got this... this scarf over it and you're being all mysterious oh, about yeah. it and I'm like really you can read what it is I can see it's a Gibson yeah, it's, right, it's, yeah. it's transparent scarf but you're like woohoo mystery very very entertaining content and for anybody who is interested in guitars it makes it really really accessible thank you so then you managed to turn your passion uh into a business with Chapman guitars yeah and your website states we are a British guitar company run by musicians, for musicians, founded in 2009 yeah. by owners Rob Chapman and Lee Anderton. Correct. Our philosophy is very simple, innovation through collaboration. So where's this story going now? So you got yourself busy, you're doing your YouTube channel, you're going around the world, being paid by Orange and all these people to you know, preview their content and yeah. play guitars everywhere. And then you took this step to say, that's not enough. I'm going to make the buggers. So uh, I love telling the story because I've told it a lot. But what I love about telling it is that I kind of get to relive how unbelievable this is because even I sometimes kind of pinch myself. As well as demonstrating for Orange and a couple of other brands and these retail stores, um, there's an acoustic guitar company called Faith Acoustics. Faith was an own brand of a big UK-based musical distributor called Barnes & Mullins. And they hired me to, to demonstrate acoustic guitars playing up and down England. And normally, you'd be accompanied by the marketing manager who would be like, you know, let's stand here, the lighting's better there, let's get some photographs. If someone comes up, say this, this is a new model, blah, 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 blah. But he was ill. Lovely guy, Alex Mew, his name was. And instead of him, one of the owners of the distribution company owning this guitar company came with me. His name was Bruce Perrin. I love Bruce. And kids were coming up and, and getting a photograph with me or an autograph. And he, he didn't understand why. Because I wasn't famous. I wasn't anybody, you know. Um, and he said, why, 
why do they know who you are? And I said, well, it's, it's you know, MySpace and YouTube and they, they're watching me on the internet and then, you know, we just, I make silly videos and they enjoy it and so they want to come and say hello. And he said, what's YouTube? No. Well, yeah, because it was really, like, just begun, you know. Okay, and this is like, like 2008, 2009. It would be like explaining to a 65-year-old guy what TikTok is now. I think, basically. Or maybe like four years ago, that kind of vibe. So I said, YouTube is like, show my age here, Radio Caroline, like pirate radio. You can kind of make what you want, say what you want. You could then, anyway. And um, nobody will get in your way, and, and you're free. You have a voice. And he said, this is amazing. I, I, I see so much opportunity here. I should make you a signature guitar like footballers get a pair of boots or that kind of thing. And, and, you know, we'll make, maybe we'll make 50 of these guitars and then we'll sell them. You get some money, we get some money, and it will be a little statement, you know, about social media and stuff. And I said, that's amazing. Thank you so much, you know, over a handshake at McDonald's after this little gig. <laughs> and so uh, he said, yeah, just go home. Tell me what you want us to make you. And um, we'll have it manufactured, you know, through our... We've got another brand called Gould, which was this other little English electric guitar brand they owned that they would sell to a thousand guitar stores across England so I went home and I thought there's a problem here I love every kind of electric guitar flying V's, Explorers, Telecasters Strats I'm, I'm shape agnostic I love them all so I made a video for YouTube and I said dudes I'm going to make a guitar but I don't know what to make give me some ideas, throw me a bone you know, tell me what kind of shape, what kind of woods, what kind of pickups, what kind of electronics and with the people that were following me I collaboratively designed this signature guitar which I called the ML1 because my, my nickname given to me by YouTube, not my own, is the Monkey Lord for some really stupid reasons Sorry Rob, what was that? Monkey Lord <laughs> Monkey Lord <laughs> So ML1 stood for Monkey Lord number one. Uh, we were going to make 50. We ended up with, with enough demand to manufacture 500. And the distributor were overwhelmed, but weren't finding it easy to particularly sell them because they were a distributor, not a seller. Right, and it wasn't okay. easy to explain to a store, well, there's this guy from YouTube and he's made this guitar and people want to buy it because they were like, who's Rob Chapman? I've never heard of him. Is he in a band? You know? I mean, I wasn't a band. I was recording at Abbey Road. I was doing all sorts of cool stuff, but I wasn't a name. Um, I wasn't on top of the pops or anything like that or Radio 1. So anyway, Andertons, Lee Anderton and Andertons, bought the remaining stock and sold them all in, like, weeks and made the most profit they had ever made. And they had a really good experience. And then Bruce from this distributor that had given me this signature product, sorry, backtrack a little bit before they were manufactured he said there's so much interest you should consider launching this as a brand and not as a signature product and I was like sorry, sorry what a, a brand and he went I think you could start a guitar company and I'm like but this is what I don't have any money or, or, or a factory he said no no we'll make them but rather than putting our brand we'll just leave it Chapman and it's, it, you just launched a guitar brand and we're selling the first model. And I was like, are you kidding me? And he you wasn't kidding me. You must have been <laughs> pinching yourself yeah, I still so am. hard. Truly, I won, I won Dragon's Den, basically. Well, then I won it again because Andertons, Lee said to me, look, the first one sold really good. 
do you, if you want to make another one, how about this? We go 50-50, just a handshake, heads of agreement, little written thing, nothing legal. We'll do the manufacturing, we'll, we'll do all the financial bankroll, the fi- and we'll just give you half the profit. <laughs> so I said, yeah. <laughs> that, that was a really tough question, right? You had to really... think about that one for well, a long time. There were other people interested in doing it with me at the time because people had began to sniff the social media thing and it was it was up and coming. But I, I loved, I still love Lee. We're best mates and talk every day and stuff, you know. But I, I really, if it hadn't been for Anderton's doing the donkey work of the manufacturing, the ordering, all that stuff then, it would never have flourished. And we did another two models. And then eventually we realized this was this was a lifer. And so, yeah, we're, we're a limited company. We sell... 4,000 guitars a year, or roughly, all over the planet, you know, at Thailand, America. You're serious? 4,000 guitars a year? Yeah. And like, this is since 2009? Yeah. That's a lot of guitars. Well, sometimes it's a lot more than that. I mean, it depends on what models are out. Okay, so uh, for anybody who doesn't know about guitars, there's a whole, you just mentioned the Flying V, you mentioned, there's a whole lot of brands that, and models and shapes that people would be familiar. Maybe people have, have heard of Lars Paul Gibson. They may have heard yeah. of a Fender Strat. Yeah. I have a Fender Strat, and we'll talk about that in a second. They may have heard about the Telecaster. They might have heard about the Flying V. What makes your guitar different, or your really guitars different? Why is someone going to want your guitar? Now, you might be surprised to know that not many people ask me that. Really? Yes. They don't. They don't ask me that question a lot. Okay. Yeah. So it's a good one. So the answer is that our guitars are still collaboratively designed. So whenever we're going to make a guitar, I make a poll on on Instagram or whatever's working at the time. I make a video for YouTube and I say, hey guys, it's Rob Chapman. We're going to make a guitar. What do you want? Here's a bunch of body shape ideas. Here are some different kinds of woods and colors and electronics. Tell me what you want to make. We'll have a vote. They all bundle onto the website. They vote for the spec they want. And then we get a model that the people have chosen. So rather than saying, here's the new guitar, go and buy it, we say, what would you like us to make? And then people feel involved because they are involved. It's the people's guitar company because it really is. And sometimes we tweak things a little bit, make it more practical, more ergonomic, more streamlined, not not for market efficiency or, or, or sell-through because if the people are asking for something, it's because they want it. So don't change a black guitar to pink, necessarily, unless that's what the people ask for. So that we're different because we collaborate. We're also different because we don't use a distributor. We never have. I wanted the model for our business to be streamlined. So the retailers order direct from our factory, OEM, the, uh, FOB, so they, sorry, I'm talking letters. They, the, the, the guitar stores phone us up buy some guitars, and then they have them shipped directly from the factory uh, when they're made, air freight or sea freight, depending on how many they're buying, which means that we don't pay the distributor 30%, and then that profit margin, we split kind of into three bits. A bit goes on the guitar build, so it's more guitar for the money. A bit goes to the guitar store, because it's kind of hard work being a guitar store, so it's one of the highest profit models they'll sell. And then a bit goes to us, because we've got to survive. So we, we end up with a guitar that the people design that the store orders without that extra distributor margin and that we end up with good profit and the customer gets a guitar worth more than any other competitor. 
This is a fantastic marketing strategy. Thank you very much. That could be applied to so many other areas. I'm going to nick it. <laughs> uh, but it is a really, really good USB, a unique selling point. You mentioned right from the outset that it is collaboratively, collaboratively yeah. created with the person who is going to be purchasing the guitar. So it's they already have buy-in. Yeah, super hard for several weeks. Sorry, I'm so jet-lagged. Just to, so that the You're viewers, doing well, you're doing well. Uh, Stay with us, Rob. So the collaborative design is insanely difficult because you're openly allowing the market to know what you're going to make. So anybody could look at the poll, see what's trending, and then make it. And so it's a risk. It takes us a year now, right now, to manufacture anything. The other thing is we never know what we're going to make because I literally go, here's all the spec, tell us what you want, and then we end up with a thing that we didn't know we were going to make. So it's this kind of scary thing, unless it's a signature model for another artist or for myself, which is another weird thing. But that's a beautiful segue into... Another area that I want to touch on, and that is that you are also the frontman for two bands. Technically three. Well, you see, one of your social media says three, one says two. I'm kind of going... It's okay. So the reason for that is that Dorje ended um, several months back. It's okay. But the, the, the drummer had a bunch of... Duplicated his DNA, like I did, made some children. And... Um, <laughs> The, uh, <laughs> wow, I was Matrix there. Yeah. You might be jet-lagged. I'm jet-lagged yeah. as well. And I'm like, oh my word, are we in the Matrix? He's very successfully made children and was like, hmm. And he has a business as well and he's an entrepreneur and a fantastic drummer. So he, he was less interested in doing that. The other guitar player, Rabia, fantastic musician, awesome dude, had a lot of other projects going along. And I full-time employed the bassist. He is Chapman Guitars designer. So he's busy designing Chapman Guitars. And it all kind of fell apart when I moved to Malta and they had all these other projects they were doing. And we just kind of said, you know what? We think for the moment we put a lid on it. Maybe it will come back at some point. It doesn't matter either way. In the interim, I have Clockwork Wolf and Company, which is an entirely Maltese lineup. Awesome guys. So cool. Such amazing players. What I'm trying to get to the bottom of is I've, I've watched your videos and I've seen you sing and I've seen the band, the, the, the lineup and the music that you produce. That couldn't be further from the description oh. of a rhythm guitarist for the UK ba based band Dorje. Yeah. It seems like, what? <laughs> Who is Rob Chapman? <laughs> so I, um, when I, how do I explain this? When I write music, I don't really write it. I don't want this to sound like I'm up my own ass or anything. I really, but I literally just sit down with a guitar and a coffee and it just kind of comes through me. And whatever comes out of my guitar is what I've written, and I never get in the way of it. And, and I never try and write. It just happens or it doesn't. Lyrics, everything. I, I haven't written a word. It literally just comes out of me, and I just write it down. And then I try and understand it afterwards. Like a stream of consciousness. It's not You're not the first person that's ever said that. Because right. I have interviewed other artists that have just said, you can't force it. When it wants to come, it's yeah. going to come, and then you've just got to jump on it and get it down. Right. I have toured without lyrics and just improved every night. What? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you got to just... Because I will never that be the person... Insane. It was scary, but for some reason it just works. Because... I don't want to be contrived and, and try to write things that aren't naturally coming from me. And 
some of the songs that I have written in inverted commas have come out in 10 minutes the whole thing lyrics melody I'll be like trying to write down the drum you know uh, the whole thing comes like a like I'm hearing you know when you get an earworm like a track you've been li- like that in my head I hear it in my head and I'm like how do I get it out and I, sometimes I sing it I've got a phone full of voice recordings of me going that kind of stuff you know um and then that's what the music is. But the problem is I get progressive hard rock. I get Americana blues rock. I get instrumental ambient soundscape stuff. I have an instrumental project called Monkey Lord. This is all going on in your head? Yeah. You've got Monkey Lord in your head? Yeah, I literally have an album from my project Monkey Lord that I released two years ago, which is all instrumental soundscape ambient guitar music. For I designed it, for, well, I wanted it to be for gaming, like landscapes when you're walking around open sandbox gaming. Clockwork Wolf and Company is that kind of Americana, blues rock vibe, sort of Pearl Jam, Black Rose, Soundgarden kind of thing. And Dorje was more of the hard rock progressive thing, which I'm now doing with a new band, Criterion. You brought up a point there, which is going to lead me into my last question. Sure. Because I don't want to overstep the jet lag. That's fine. (laughs) Um, But it's going to lead me nicely into the last question. and, And that is that obviously you live breathe, eat, sleep music. It is you. It's your work. It's your passion. It's what you do. But as you've said, it also is in your subconscious, coming out to your conscious and just flowing through you, which is incredible. Now, I also mentioned that I have a Fender Strat in my front room. And I don't live, breathe music at all. But I find it incredibly difficult. I got it for my 21st birthday, which is only a few years ago. I find it incredibly difficult to pick up the guitar and get into it and play it, although I would really love to. What, three-part question, what does music bring to people? It's a catharsis. It's a healing experience. It's, it's the passing. For me, it's the transformation of, of pain into whatever the colour of that needed to be. So uh, without getting too dark, too deep, too quickly, I've been through some horrendous experiences in my life. And whenever I do, I write an album. So it, uh, <laughs> when I was a teenager, my best friend killed himself. When I was in my 30s, my best friend died. I've had six dogs all pass away one at a time. <laughs> I used to rescue dogs consistently every year, uh, older dogs from, from um, rescues. So I, I've had a lot of um, death, and it has to go somewhere. And for me, whenever something is emotionally painful, I don't let it sit in me and kind of do that British stiff upper lip thing. I let it come up. And it turns into music. Well, if I said to you or the listeners, I've got this gun. And if I shoot you with this gun, you will feel randomly an emotion that could bring you to tears or make you laugh. You'd be like, what are you talking about? But that's what it is. Music is this unbelievable, invisible ray gun that hits people And if you get the right person with the right set of requirements emotionally, it can completely transform them, you know. What then does creating music or being able to play an instrument, what does that bring? 
why should I pick up my fender? And right. why? And the th- <clears throat> last part of that question is, why don't I pick up my fender? What can I do to be able to, to be more in love with my fender strap? So, so probably you see the physical barriers at first, the, 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 the difficulty to, to play, the ergonomics, where do I put my fingers? Because yeah. you're, you're at the beginning of your journey. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. haven't seen you play, but I'm presuming. And there are I've been some... big, at the beginning of my journey since I'm my 21st birthday, okay. yes. Okay. So there are, <laughs> there are a few really simple things that, that you can learn from a really good guitar teacher that will make it really easy straight away to do simple things. And probably you just haven't been shown them. Uh, things like how to sit. It sounds crazy, but if you sat in the wrong position, you'll never be able to play. Th- things like where to put your wrist. No, hang on. What, what's the wrong position to be pl- sitting? <laughs> You're not going to tell me. No, no, because... I'll tell you. So if it's on your leg, you haven't got a hope in hell. Why? Because suddenly the neck will be here, and your wrist doesn't do that. So you need the guitar to be in the middle of you with the neck at this angle, so that the hand feels natural. So you need a strap, and you need to stand so that the neck can be elevated, and you can play like this. Or you put it in the middle of you, like like you're playing a cello. And you have like a classical That's guitar. That's like a really, really, really simple point. Well, I taught guitar for many years. So for, for, <laughs> I went through this big, complete beginning process to, to kind of people ending up being pro players so many times. So you have to think, how am I comfortable? And then the guitar fits to me, not the other way around. But when you've got that in place, suddenly the physical barrier disappears. Then it's way more about the experience of freedom in meditation when you're playing. So you just play a note, just play one note and let it ring and see how it feels. It feels amazing. You can make it louder, you can make it quieter. And then <clears throat> try moving two notes and see what you can sing with your hand with like two or three notes. And it's amazing. With just like a few notes, you can say stuff that you would never have imagined. I, I, I hear lyric when I'm playing melody. It's the same thing, really. I think I might be going home and picking up my guitar. <laughs> it's either that or sell it, though, isn't it? You know, it's one of the two. I can't <coughs> sell it. It was a present from my mum and dad. Ah. Rob, I'm going to thank you for being on this show. Well, thank I you for have having me. A, I have an idea that we'll probably be talking again, but I'm going to go back to what I said right at the very beginning, that you today, as my guest, happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. One of the <laughs> most unassuming people that I think I've ever interviewed. Well, thank you very much. Bearing in mind that you really are a music guitar god. I'm just a hairy dad that plays guitar. That's all I am, really. I'm absolutely not a god. (laughs) Unless in the pantheon there's hairy dad god, I don't know. (laughs) Dad bod. (laughs) I'm a zaddy, apparently, whatever a zaddy is. (laughs) Thank you so much. You're welcome. (laughs) 